Thank you for joining us again today. And uh, this is just an awesome experience to be able to come together in our homes and worship God together. God is still doing work and he is still working in our hearts and lives. And I just want to encourage you to just stay on Slack, talk talk to each other about what God is doing. You know, it would be really cool. Um, Rick Morris had a, had a channel created on Slack a while ago, and it would be really cool if you were to just tell a story about how God has been faithful to you. Today, we're continuing our sermon series on money. And uh, and, and today we're talking about giving generously and giving out of scarcity. Our passage today is coming from uh, Matthew, and uh, we're not going to get to it right away because there's so much preamble I have to do because we're talking about giving. And maybe it's my faith background, but I have heard this topic abused so badly, so badly. And so I just need to just comment on a few of the pitfalls that people fall into when they talk about giving, and then I have to try to avoid those very pitfalls. Um, It's a very touchy subject when we talk about giving, and I'm just being very aware. Let uh, let Let me pray, and I'm going to dig right into some of the cautions that I'm taking, and then I'm going to tell us a story that Jesus does that changes our paradigm on giving, especially from scarcity. God, thank you so much for everything that you do for people in Promise Church, for every action that you have. God, I'm so thankful. God, I pray that we would be a people who get better at tracking those actions. God, I pray that we would be a people that record this is what I've seen God do, that our testimony would rise up as a people where we would see your actions and we would see your blessing. Today, as we're dealing with finances, God, I pray that we would be able to track that and be able to say, I see your blessing, God. I see what you've done and, uh, and give you glory because that's where, it does, that's where all the glory is deserving. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would be with me as I, as I preach this message and be with the hearer, that we would know that you are moving us into a great new era. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, some abuses and things that, that happen when people talk about money at church. The first thing that happens is, is, you know, we talk about money because the church needs money. Okay, let me be honest. Um, I promise church is amazing. And, uh, you know, while we are really trying to give outside of us, um, outside of our four walls, by not having four walls, uh, we've reduced a lot of costs. Money is not what we need right now um, for ourselves. What we need is, uh, is, is for us to be a community that's learning how to engage this reality. And, uh, and so we're doing well at that. We're, we're taking steps and we're, we're constantly evolving. Um, I'm loving how our promise groups are meeting virtually. Uh, we need to keep on doing that. We need to keep on thinking about how do we, how do we lean into grants and, uh, and that's, that's going to be good. So we don't, we're not preaching this because we need your money. We're, we're, our costs are way down right now. Um, I'm teaching this because I grew up poor in Canada and I know that, that financial literacy isn't something that's taught a lot uh, in a lot of places and so I, I'm just trying to give some wisdom that, that God has shown me over the years and that I've learned through other means by reading business books and all of the other stuff that I've done. So um, I'm just trying to teach very practical things that I've learned. Okay, um, prosperity messages. Prosperity messages exist uh, so that they, they make me want to give, but they make promises that they look like they're founded in the Bible, but they're not. 
Um, prosperity messages are messages where we say that uh, if you give, God is going to give back to you uh, 30, 50, or 100 fold, or 30, 60, or 100 fold. Uh, whatever being, being you give up to God, God's going to bless you. Good pressure. Uh, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will God pour out his blessings? That's in the Bible. Uh, it's not meaning that if I do this, God is now bound by some spiritual law that he has to do that. No, giving to God is a free letting go. And the prosperity gospel teachers don't say that. What they say is when you give to God, God, God's going to get you. He's going to get you back and he's going to, he's going to make you rich. And, uh, and it's a, it's a twisting of scripture. It's wrong. I don't support that. Uh, it's, it's bad teaching. And so, uh, we need to, we need to do that. What we see with it is it's an attempt to control God. So if I give God, let's say I'm super generous and I give God $20,000. Well, God, according to your word, now you owe me $200,000. Well, no, that is not the way that giving works. And it is not okay to promote that. Uh, as a spiritual leader, anybody who does that is out for their own gain. So giving is still central to the condition of the Christian heart. Um, and, and, and so then the Christian goes, well, who do I trust to give it to? And this is another pitfall because churches go, oh, you can trust us. You can trust us. And then, and then the question really comes down to that the church, you know, the question is, has the church earned that trust? Um, I, I've, had, I've heard of people walking into services ready to give. They come saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to give. And as they hear the pastor talk through their giving spiel right before the offering, they go, ooh, there's something here that's not quite right. I'm not going to give. Um, there was one that it was this beautiful outlay of Christian theology of giving. And, uh, and, and then they were going to take up an offering. And it was this, oh man, the, the pastor was, was really good. Made sure he didn't step on any of the pitfalls until right before they took up an offering and the pastor said well you know god is uh god is just really good and, and providing and uh we're just gonna we're just gonna be able to do this roof project he hadn't mentioned anything about a roof project in all of his theological meanderings never mentioned anything about oh well no we're raising money for the roof no 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 we get to a point where this is deception you know and people just put their money back in in their in their pocket you know churches have Churches have done a lot of things. They've, they've made large buildings um, that, that sit mostly empty while ignoring services to the poor in their community. Okay, lovely, you have a big building. How are you engaging with the action of, of God's work? So we really need to be careful of, of a lot of these pitfalls. You know, it's, if your church has a big building, that's not wrong. If your church has a big building that's empty 80% of the time and it's not supporting your community, yeah, is this, is this the church showing the kingdom of God? No, I really believe that, that we need to be that, that place where the church becomes the epicenter of society because it's providing needs. It's, it's meeting real, felt needs that are like, wow, we really needed this. If we didn't have this, then it would be, it would be terrible. I know um, the church I came from, Crosslands Church, is doing a really great job. But they've, got, they've got a whole third of their building up at the front um, that, that's set towards, hey, this is, 
is set towards community use. They have a business running out of one of one part of it and, and they run a community dinner out of another. Like, yeah, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. That, that like, congratulations. I love that. But when we have churches that just get bigger and bigger and, and you know, their, their budget sheets, we talked about that last week, their budget sheets show they're not giving into the community, but they keep on giving into their building. That's ah, hard. That's hard. So churches, uh, churches have stretched scripture to infuse guilt into people so that everybody is motivated by a certain guilt. There's an obligation that this is what you have to do because whatever, you have to, you have to give like this. And, and they invoke guilt and they say, oh, well, we're going to, no, guys, no, that's not how we talk about giving. That's not even giving. If you're giving out of obligation, that's called paying. That's a payment. Giving is what God calls us to. It's not out of obligation. It's about, I am freely letting go of my own wealth that God gave me. I'm freely letting it go. And I am allowing God to direct where it goes. And what God does with me is up to God. Okay, I need to keep going because we've got a lot to do, which is wonderful. Okay, Um, here's the thing. Restrictions on giving. Never give for selfish gain. You don't control God. And don't give from compulsion. Don't let somebody standing in front of a a camera talking to you in your living room compel you to give. That includes me. Don't give from compulsion. Determine in your heart what you want to give. Colossians talks about this. Determine in your heart what you want to give. Know this is what you're offering up to God. And then give freely. Because there's nobody that gets to tell you, oh, you have to do this. And this is the amount that God... No, that's not it. Holy Spirit develops it in you and builds it in you and grows it in you. So please, don't give from compulsion. Do what God's calling you to do. Obey God. Oh man, obey God. But yeah, don't give because somebody convinced you. Okay, so why is giving important in Christian development? Christian development, um, Christian living and giving comes from a look at uh, gratitude, Guys, we have so much to be thankful for. Generosity comes out of gratitude. When I look at what my God has done for me, man, I just, I want to sing. I want to dance. I want to give. I want to pour into it. Because if God could do all these things for me, God could do all these things for hundreds and thousands and millions of people around the world. God is a good God. And so I give out of generosity. You know, it's, so my gratitude Sorry, I give out of gratitude. My gratitude overflows. I also give out of contentment. See, because I have a view towards where God is taking this entire thing, I have a view of the end goal of the kingdom of God that we were developing in our Easter series. Because I can get a view of that, I can actually look at my life situation, what my reality is, and I can breathe and I can be content even in the time that I am lacking. Again, Philippians 3 says, you know, I've learned the secret of being content, whether, whether I have or whether I do not. You know, this is, this is a great thing. So, con- so giving actually comes out of contentment. I have enough. Thank you, Jesus. I have all that I need. Thank you, Jesus. You've taken care of me. This is so good. I don't, I don't need to chase after the status symbols of this world anymore. 
I don't have to drive a brand new car and pay ridiculous lease payments because I have to worry about my status. Jesus is taking my status. I can be content. I can be content with my, with my car that it's got some rust on it. It's okay. It's got a ding in the door. It's okay. I don't need, gosh, I don't need a private jet. That's for sure. And so these are the things that, that we do. And giving also comes out of a recognition of sacrifice. When I consider the sacrifice, the eternal sacrifice that Jesus has made, not just a sacrifice on the cross, but the sacrifice of being like everything, like God, and, and, and you're there, and you're, you're the Word creating the whole world, and then you become a little teeny weeny mini human. And you remain being a human for all eternity because you love your creation so much. Okay, there's sacrifice. So in my imitation of Jesus, I give. Okay, now let's get to our text. Um, I haven't prayed. Uh, Usually I pray at the same time as the text. So I'm just going to pray. I just wanted to make sure that you saw all those pitfalls and and I didn't step into them. We've got the second half of the service is going to be this cool story. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that, that uh, even though churches have fumbled this message all over the place and there's a good history of seeing this fumbled, God, I pray that the practical stuff that comes out of this today would be the idea that you are the provider and that you do way more than what was expected. All right, here's a story that maybe you've all heard before. Maybe it's a very common story about Jesus, but it's Matthew 14 and it starts in 13. Here we go. It says, now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there into a boat to a desolate place by himself. And when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot to the towns. And when he went to shore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him, being responsible as they were, and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away, so that they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Well, then they said to them, We only have five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, said a blessing, and then he broke the loaves, and he gave them to the the disciples. The disciples gave that to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. They they took up twelve basketful of the broken pieces left over, and those who ate it were about five thousand men, plus women and children. This is not a typical giving text, and that's why I want to use it today because there's something so unique that happens in this. Here's here's the situation many of us are in. We, in in theory, we say generosity is good. Yay, generosity is good, but I also have a budget. I have to be responsible. Yay, we've got to do that. So we attempt to give responsibly. Well, here's my budget, here are my needs, blah, blah, blah. I give responsibly. Good, okay. Um, The disciples were doing that too. Disciples were completely being responsible in this situation. They're seeing the time and they're saying, it's dinner time. We don't have the resources to take care of all these people. Let's get them to go buy their own food. They're responsible adults. They can go take care of themselves. And so they are talking about giving responsibly. 
We don't have what it takes. If you ever booked a birthday party, um, maybe you did this for your kids or whatever, and 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 you look at you look at the times and you go, "Ooh, well, if I start that birthday party at 1:30, it's done by 3:30. I don't have to cook. I don't have to provide lunch or dinner. Win. I save money. This is responsibility. The the disciples are going, "Oh, okay, good. So here I, I recognize dinner's coming. Let them go eat." And uh, they know their resources are scarce. And that's the point. Their resources are scarce. You know, I know that this statement is true of all of us. If I had more money, I would give more money. You know, that's just something that we say to ourselves. I would give more if I had more. And, uh, and I think the disciples are, are saying, you know, Jesus, we want to be good and hospitable. And we want to care. And of course, we're generous, Jesus. But this is irresponsible. You want me to go and feed all of these thousands of people? I, we just don't have the finances for that. We don't have it. Oh, okay. So Jesus' command to generosity wasn't irresponsible. Oh, it wasn't just irresponsible because it was irresponsible. It also had no promise attached to it. Nothing. He just said, go feed them. No promises. And his command to generosity, it was uncalled for. There was a viable other solution. So Jesus is telling his disciples, do something you can't do. Do something completely ridiculous and irresponsible and just go and do it. Now, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be honest here. A prosperity message would trend in this direction. It would say, God is telling you to give they always put the v at the end. I don't know why. They, they, God's telling you to give. Give out of what you don't have. And, and give in faith. They, they do that. I don't know. I, I grew up in it. And, and this is what they tell you to do. They give out of what you don't have. Give out of scarcity. And, and you know, and, 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 you know maybe, maybe God will do something for you. Promise attached, right? Yeah, Jesus didn't have a promise attached. He said, I'm going to be irresponsible. He, here, here's what we're going to do. So what he's saying to his disciples is he's saying, if we continue to think of our current reality as the only possible reality, then we limit God and his active hand. Okay, huge. So here's where I go in a different direction. What happened in the story? Jesus commanded giving that was at an irresponsible level. The disciples did not have the ability to do, to fulfill the gift. They just didn't. Did they have to give in faith in order for that gift to, you know, pay them back or something? Did they go into debt for God? Uh Uh-uh. Not at all. Look what happened. They scrounged around and they said, oh, we got a little bit. We got a few fish. We got a little bit of bread. This is all I have, God. It's all I got. We got nothing else. Key point of generosity. God takes the responsibility upon himself to provide the gift. He takes the responsibility upon himself. Wow. Jesus wanted them to give more, was put in a place where he had to create more to make that happen. 
have them all sit down. And he took what they did have, he took, he took what, what, they, what they were able to do, and he multiplied it, and he said, I can do this. Thank you for trusting me and not sending the people away. See, they allowed, the disciples allowed their faith in God to be enough that they recognized, well, we, could, we, we can't do what Jesus told me to do. I can't, I can't make that much fish and bread and food just show up out of nowhere. We don't have it. And, and Jesus is like, okay, I got it. Here's what I want us to do to practice generosity as a church. Always use your budget sheets. We talked about them last week. Use your budget sheets and determine in your heart what you want to give, what you're going to give regularly. Just do that. That's responsible. This is what we can afford. This is what we'll give and, and give regularly. We will, we will spend it as wisely as, as we can and we will do as much as we can to build the kingdom of God together. Give regularly. And then do this. Ask God what he, what he wants you to give and don't let scarcity intimidate you. So this is what Jesus did with the disciples. The scarcity intimidated them. And he said, go feed them all. And they were like, we can't. We don't have it. Don't let the scarcity intimidate you. Jesus is way bigger than that. Remember, God places the responsibility on himself. God provides the rest. So when you ask God, say, God, what do you want me to give? In an ideal world where, where scarcity is not a thing, what, what would you want me to give? Allow that number to resonate in you. And this is such a key. <laughs> don't, don't go into debt to do it. <laughs> Allow that number to be there and then say, God, you, you gave me a one-time number that I, pff, I don't have $1,000 to give the church. I can't hardly pay my rent or my mortgage. I don't have $1,000. And you put that number there and you go, okay, God, that's what you want me to give. I'm willing to give that, I, I'm, but here's the, here's the $10 that I do have that I had budgeted. Here's the whatever I had budgeted. Here's what I have. And, uh, but you're willing to give. Now do this. Don't give the extra number. Don't, don't stretch and, and, oh, I'm gonna sacrifice. I'm gonna squeeze it out of my budget. I'm just gonna do this. Just, no, no, don't do that. Just give what you have. And then say this, God, you want me to give that amount of money? You make it show up. You make it show up. Draw my attention to it so that I don't waste it on myself, but you make it show up. Wow, so freeing. That's what happened in this story. The disciples came to Jesus and said, I don't have enough to give to the people. You told me to do something, but I can't do it. God, you make it up. You do it. And all of a sudden, God starts doing it. God starts showing up and he starts going, all right, we're, we're going to do this. If, if God wants you to give more, to, to be generous, to see, to see all this happen, if God wants his kingdom to be expanded, then he's the one that's got him. He's going to give the, the number to you. You're going to be like, oh, can't do that. And then you just start tracking. Okay, God, you make it show up. Maybe it's a pay raise. Maybe it's, maybe it's something where, where you're starting to see that, uh, that your, your bills just dropped and they became lower than normal. And, and you have room in your budget that you didn't expect and that surplus comes closer and closer to that number. Honor God and say, okay, God, 
You, you made money show up. I'll give that to you. I'll get to there. And you honor God in it, and now you've got a testimony. God told me to give this amount. God told me to do this stupid thing. It was stupid. It was irresponsible. God told me to do it. And then, and then I, I committed to do it. I committed to go ahead. And all of a sudden, the money's like showing up. When God can trust us with that, man, God could start to use us, and you can't outgive God. So all of a sudden, I go back to prayer and I say, okay, God, you made $1,000 show up. Cool. What's the next number? What do you want to see done in your kingdom, God? What do you want to see done in your kingdom? Now, this doesn't mean that every surplus and every dollar of every surplus always goes to God. No, no, no. What it does mean, though, is if God gives you a number, honor that number. And then you don't, you're like, okay, cool. I did it continue with your regular giving, and that surplus that was there, now start putting that into your savings. Start building that towards your your financial future. Start going, okay, God, this is what I'm doing. This is the vision that you've given me. He's given us the ability to grow wealth. And sometimes it takes us going, God, how do you want me to give? And all of a sudden, he starts showing, so don't give to manipulate God. Don't do that. Don't give out of, you know, oh, I don't have anything and I'm just going to give, you know, more than I have. Don't do that. Be obedient to this number and trust God to build the resources. God can make that money show up. It's his responsibility to make it show up, not yours. So push it back on God and say, God, you do it. Let me pray. God, this sounds so ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> that, that, that you, you give us a number and then, and then you, uh, you, you just ask us to commit to it and, 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 then, and then, oh, look, you make it show up. Um, hey, but you did it in the Bible and you've done it in my life and I know you've done it in other people's lives. So while Promise Church isn't in a position where we're saying, oh, please give us more money, we're not in a position where we're, where we're doing any of this crazy stuff that we saw happen in other churches, but we're in a place where we just want to give you glory and allow you to show us that you can bend reality. I pray for financial blessing on the people of Promise Church. God, I pray that we wouldn't get caught up in it in terms of pursuing it and making it our central goal and our focus and, and our mission, but God, I pray, I pray that you would bless the, the, the families of the church. Allow them to see where their money's going and allow them to be responsible with the numbers that, that you put in front of them so that they can watch you make it happen. Like, I just, it's ridiculous. You, you, you'll just make it happen. You do. And if you don't, well, that's your problem, and we just give our normal amount, and that's fine. <laughs> but this is yours. The whole giving thing, it's yours. And so we offer up our lives to you. We, we give it all to you, and we just ask you to bless us. Bless this church. In Jesus' name, amen.